0: everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and you are listening to the November 2020 episode in our Voices interview series. If you are a new listener, Megan and I take turns every month bringing you an interview with an author or an expert or someone who just has a different perspective from what Megan and I bring to the more conversational episodes each week. Today, my guest is Whitney Hawthorne of thesavvyworkingmom.com. Whitney works for a Fortune 500 company by day and in her spare time, haha. She coaches other full-time corporate working moms on ways to feel more fulfilled and manage their time and prioritize what's important so they can enjoy work life and family life. She is also mom of a toddler and a new baby, so right there in the trenches along with many of you out there listening. Whitney is so full of good tips, my friends. Whether you work full-time like she does or stay at home full-time or fall somewhere in between like me, you are going to have so many ideas for managing your time and feeling productive after you listen to this episode. We talk about morning routines and evening routines. We talk about time blocking and just ways to be gentle with yourself during stressful times. Also, if you haven't listened yet to Megan and my conversation from Tuesday of this week about emotional labor and burnout, I think that's a really great companion to this episode. So definitely check that out after you listen here if you have not already listened. Okay, everyone, enjoy my conversation with Whitney Hawthorne of The Savvy Working Mom. Hi, Whitney. Welcome to The Mom Hour.
2: Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm really excited for this conversation and we have a lot to get to. So let's dive in. First, I'd just love for you to introduce yourself to our audience who lives with you in your home and what stage of motherhood are you in? And you told me before we started recording that you have a move coming up. So just, yeah, bring us into your world a little bit. Yeah, that's it. So I'm Whitney. I, um, I have two littles, a five-month-old
2: and a two-and-a-half-year-old. Um, I have a husband and a dog, and we all reside in Brooklyn, New York as of today. But I'm <laughs> sure that by the time anyone hears this, uh, we will be
0: in Salt Lake City. So we oh, are moving
2: almost all the way across the country.
0: Yes. That is big. And um, tell everybody your, your, what you do for a living right now.
2: Sure. So it is a work move. I'm a corporate mama. I run customer support for a fortune 500 um, and it's my job that's moving us there.
0: Okay. That is, that is big. Um, And then in addition to your full-time corporate work, you also help full-time working moms um, with their self-care and with their time management and productivity. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure.
2: I founded a company called The Savvy Working Mom. It's really more of a platform. Um, we have a podcast, and a website, and digital courses that are all designed to help working moms find more time, stress less, and live with more joy. And this all started because when I had my first son, I didn't see a lot of resources out there for working mothers, especially corporate moms, to um, to live their best lives and to live fully. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. out there about parenting and how to be a great mother. Um there's a lot out there about um career development and there was quite a few things developing around you know supporting mothers who are entrepreneurs who own their own businesses. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah, but then when I looked for corporate mamas like me, women right. who are working in these big companies, I just didn't find a lot of resource and then when I this is when I was on maternity leave and then when I went back from leave I started talking to some of the other mothers that I work with and I was like so how are you making this work, you know? Yeah. And they were like, well, not nah, I don't, are, am I? <laughs> Like, oh, no. So like we are all struggling with this, but there's no one really talking to us or creating things specifically for us as as working moms. And that's kind of how the that's how the company started.
0: I really love that. And I think it's important just to acknowledge that there is a difference between different types of working motherhood. And I think sometimes we we shy away from that because we don't want anybody to think we're judging or that one's better than the other. But I I identify as a working mom. I work about thirty hours a week. I own two businesses with Megan, my co-host, and I am I am absolutely a working mom. But I'm not a corporate working mom. I don't. I have flexibility. I can work. You know, I can move my hours around. I can schedule meetings and conference calls around kids stuff. And so I sometimes feel a little bit like it does. Not that it doesn't count, but that it's a very different reality from a corporate from a corporate reality. So I love that you identified that right away and just said, look, it's great that there's resources out there for moms who own their own businesses or moms who want to work part-time from home with a side hustle, but that is not my experience and there needs to be, you know, we need to be talking about this experience too. So I love that and I think it's important.
2: Thank you. I and you know, I just want to kind of double down on why I think it's important and that has to do with um <laughs> the fact that Fortune 500s are always going to be around, right? Like mm-hmm. these big brands Um, that influence our lives daily are always going to be around. There's always going to be Ubers and Amazons and um, airlines and huge companies. And if we don't create the right support system for mothers to rise within these companies, then we're never going to have women and mothers at the helm, you know, like as leadership, helping to shape what these companies are doing to the world that we live in. And I just, I find that a little scary because Mm -hmm. I want to see a world where and a little frustrating, I guess, because I want to see a world where women have an equal seat at the table and where we're driving decisions, the decisions that ultimately impact our society. Yeah. Um, so that I just want to share that. The yeah. other thing that I do want to share, too, is a lot of what I talk about um, in A Savvy Working Mom, the, the tips, the tricks, the hacks, um, the practices, they... They, re- they resonate across the board, right? It's sure. for all mothers because all mothers who are doing all because all mothers really, we are all in this together. Like yeah. no matter yeah, if you're an entrepreneur or mom, if you're a stay at home mom, if you're a corporate mom, like we are all in this together as mamas trying to raise this next generation and make the world, you know, a good place for them as yeah. well as
0: for us and trying not to lose ourselves in, in doing that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think that's awesome. You said it so well. So I want to dig into you obviously hear from a lot of full-time working moms through your work at the Savvy Working Mom. Um, I would love to just kind of hear some of the pain points um, that that moms come to you with. Is it being time strapped? Is it feeling kind of underappreciated? Is it concerns about promotion and career track? So if you, if you don't mind, just talk through some of the common um, stressors that moms who come to you for your courses and services and tips, what are they bringing to you? Yeah, when a mom comes to me, what it
2: usually sounds like is I'm overwhelmed. I'm overextended. I don't know how I can make this all work. My mornings suck. My evenings are chaotic. I'm exhausted. I'm never present. My marriage is starting to fall <laughs> apart. My career is stalling out. Like every, I just don't know how to make any of this work. And I'm losing yeah. myself, right? That's yeah. usually what it sounds like. Um, and I think it's real. I think all of us feel that at different levels as mamas, mm-hmm. um, but it, when the women, women who come to me and join the community have felt one of those things, like in an extreme way.
0: Yeah. Um, do you notice a particular point in motherhood where, um, they kind of hit that breaking point where they reach out? Is it like the second kid comes along or is it when, you know, cause it's not always, I would imagine it's not always the second week they go back after their first maternity leave. Um, some of these things take a while to accumulate some of these stressors and these realities. So is there, um, is there a stage you would say is particularly stressful? I wouldn't
2: say there's a stage, uh, because, but I will say there's some themes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a theme is like you said, when there's a major life shift, like a- adding a second child or a third child, right? Cause especially with the third, you go from yeah. like man on man to like, now it's, <laughs> yeah. now there's no man on man defense anymore. Like yep. they have outnumbered you and that's a thing. Yep. Um, but adding the second child too, because you go from being able, you know, you go from being able to to handle two adults handling one child to like, it is man on man. And those are yeah. big shifts. Um, that, so that's a, that's definitely a common theme. Um, I think also feeling stuck when, mm. when you start to feel when moms start to feel stuck or in product, unproductive, they, they come cause they're like, I, I'm not, I don't feel joy anymore. I, yeah. I, the guilt is growing and I don't feel joy and I just need to get out of this and into a better place. Right. Um, that is another big one. And I think also when the career starts to stall out and they look around and say like, Hey, I want to be moving up, but I'm not like, what do I need to do next?
0: Right. Um, This is so fascinating. And I was thinking about when you were saying um, that the joy is gone, moms and women are capable of very hard things. We're capable of juggling a lot of things. So I can see how it's not the, the hardness of the schedule or the exhaustion necessarily. It's that if it starts to feel like it's not worth it or that um, it's not, matched by joy, either professionally or personally, then that that's when, um, that's when the breaking point would come. So that's interesting. What about this year of 2020? Like, have you noticed a difference in, um, moms, their needs, their energy, the things that they're coming to you with, or is it kind of just ratcheted up? It's, it's for sure to ratchet it up,
2: but I think there's two things I'm noticing more with the women that I talk to and, in the responses that I get like to my blog posts and the podcast and things. And it's in 2020, um, women, mamas are presenting with a lot more worry and a lot more fear
1: yeah.
2: than I, than I've seen
1: previously. Yeah. 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 Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor factor. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR.
0: Okay, I'm back with Whitney. um, And in in a bit, we're going to dig into some strategies for kind of increasing happiness as a working mom and finding some tips that work. But I was so curious reading about what you do, if you can share some insight into what moms have in common who are feeling fulfilled, who aren't stressed to the max, or who maybe have cracked their own code for happiness. I I know that, you know, I'm sure every mom you work with has days that feel crappy and has stressors. And so I'm not asking for you to describe like the perfect working mom, but I wonder if there's some commonalities in the moms who really do find joy in this very busy life that they've chosen.
2: Yeah, there certainly are. I'll give you the six, I think, kind of themes. I think there's six, but I'll just share with you exactly what I see, which is one, they have clarity around what's important to them, what they want out of life, what their values are. They're just very clear on why they're doing the things that they do and what matters and what doesn't.
0: Mm. I love
2: that. The next thing is that they then have their actions aligned to that clarity So like they're clear on what they want and then the way that they show up in the world where they spend, choose to spend their time and their energy are actually aligned to that, to that clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another big one is that they're okay, not being okay. Like Mm -hmm. you said, like every day is not going to be great. Yeah. And you can't have that expectation of yourself. If you come expecting to be great all the time, to have joy all the time, like it's just, it's not realistic. And so they're okay, not being okay. Like we all cry. We Mm -hmm. all feel frustrated we all feel angry and bad things do happen um and we have to work through those you know grief is real like there's just so they're okay with not being okay and that i think helps you to get through the negative times more quickly Mm -hmm. um they take time to refill, refill their pitchers. Mm-hmm. Like I like that analogy of like, you can't pour from an empty pitcher or right. from an empty glass. And yeah. so they take time for themselves. They, they make it a priority to ensure that they are showing up the best in the world by taking care of themselves. And I mean, there's a lot of different ways. And this is part of like one of the big things that I like talk about and coach on is just how do you actually find that time and how mm-hmm. can you revive yourself? Especially if you are, um, <laughs> if you look around, you say, I have no more time in my calendar. Like yeah. there's just not, it's not possible. Um, they still find the time and do the things that, and are very, um, focused on Mm -hmm. what it is they need so that they can be the best mom and the best worker, um, and the best spouse and, you know, and and the best person that Mm -hmm. they are. Um, another thing that I find really common is, you know, they ask what happens if I don't, Mm. right. Cause I, and that's something I coach on, but it's kind of this idea that, you know, a lot of times we look. Uh, something comes in front of us and asks. Somebody needs us to do something. They mm-hmm. want us to bake some cookies. Let's just use something <laughs> really easy. They want us to bake some cookies, or even they want us to participate in the bake sale, right? And you're like, right. okay. And so you just start thinking about how you have to do all these different things, and you don't step back. Oftentimes, we don't step back to say, what if I don't? Like, what mm-hmm. if I don't participate in the bake sale, or what if I don't bake the cookies? What if I just bring some like pre-bought brownies instead? Like, what's really going to happen? Yeah. Um, and so when you do that, I think you get to a place where you start to realize that um, the stakes are not as high as we think Mm -hmm. that they are. And a lot of times we're doing things to please other people and not because it's what works for ourselves. Right. Right. And the thing that's very true, and I don't know if they all recognize this, but it's this idea that, you know, when you say yes to to something, you're saying no to an infinite number of other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if you're saying yes to a lot of stuff that isn't moving you forward in life, if you're saying yes to a lot of things that are not bringing you joy, you're saying no to a lot of things that could bring you joy and no to a lot of things that could move you forward in life. And so you have to kind of really start to ask yourself, what if I don't do this? What happens? Um, And the last thing, and this is something that I cannot remember who said this, uh, but it's this idea that you know, our life, I, I like kind of coach on like, there's nine areas of a, of a working mother's life. Um, it's like, you know, your, your finances and your personal development and your relationship with your kids, relationship with your spouse, your community, like we go through all of it, but mm-hmm. you kind of get the idea. And it's this idea that, you know, each one of those areas of our life is, um, has, has a combination of rubber balls and
0: glass balls. Oh, interesting. And
2: Yeah. And so we're always juggling, especially as mamas, we're always juggling so many balls. Like there's so many balls juggling and some of them are rubber and some of them are glass and the rubber ones, it doesn't mean they're not important, but it means if they fall, they're going to bounce and they're going to be okay. Like Mm -hmm. they might roll into other room, but you can go get it when you have the time. (laughs) The glass ball, if it falls, it breaks, you know? And so you have to really be clear on what the glass balls are and be really, really okay with the rubber balls dropping Mm
0: -hmm. when they drop. Yeah. Yeah
2: right? Like my kid's health, that's a glass ball. Yeah, Like everything else can fall in yeah. or, and roll into the other room when it comes down to doing something with my child's health, right? But that is not all the time. There are other things, you know, with my child, with my children that are rubber balls, right? right? So maybe I'm not going to, be the parent that picks him up from daycare. Maybe my husband's going to pick him up from daycare and yes, maybe he's going to be disappointed, but that's more of kind of like a rubber ball. Like I have to get over that so that I can balance the other rubber balls related to like my job and also my, you know, my social life. Um, not that I really have one anymore quarantining, but it
0: will come back again. It will come back. It will again. I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved listening to all of that. And I was thinking, I I think for a lot of driven personalities. Um, When you start to feel overwhelmed, everything starts to feel equally urgent and important. And that's something Megan and I have talked about on this show before that um, it's almost like we go into some kind of trance state where at least I do. I'll speak for myself because I am a productivity person um, where things seem to assume equal importance. So like you say, like bake sale seems equally important to, you know, some relation foundational relationship thing with my spouse or my kids. When of course those two things are not actually equally important, but when we are in a state of stress or overwhelm, I think we trick ourselves that everything is equally important. So I love those, those ideas about prioritizing.
2: Yeah, we totally do. And I think one, one thing that I find personally helpful because I'm like that, like I'm super type a, I want to get it all done. And I f- put the pressure on myself to do it all. Um, but I know that, that doesn't work. I have to step back. And so, you know, I think our thoughts are really important and where I used to think like, I have to do it all. Um, now I say to myself, I have to do what's most important. Like mm-hmm. just replacing that thought, um, yeah. has helped me a lot. because like, no, what's most important. That's what I have to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. Well, let's dig into evening and morning routines. I know you have a lot of great tips for both. Where do you want to start evening or morning? You know, it's, I, I might go backwards, but I want to start with the evening. <laughs> I, so I actually was going to say the same. And when Megan and I on this show have talked about evening and morning routines, we always kind of end up there because there's a lot that sets up the next morning that you do the night before. So I, I think we're already aligned here. So yeah, just, just dive in and give us your thoughts on evening routines. And I want to say, too, I think this will really help um, our stay-at-home moms, our part-time working moms as well as our corporately working moms because everybody loves to hear what's working for evening and morning routines.
2: Great. Yeah, it's one of the things I ask about on my podcast all the time cuz it's it's mm-hmm. it's so important. I think I feel like evening and morning routines are kind of like, you know, they're they're the anchor. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're like a ship, no matter how how turbulent the ocean was. Like if you can come to Harbor and anchor in your morning or your evening routine, like you're going to be able to reset yeah. and, and have a better experience and do what you need to do. Um, but I do think it all starts the, the night before
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, for my morning, morning routines. I have this format called grace and joy. Cause like who doesn't want more grace and joy in their life and yeah. we can talk about it, but to have grace and joy, you need to be set up. Right. Uh-huh. And, and so that's where the evening routine comes in. Like what you do the night before really, truly sets you up for the next day. And so I think if you look at it from that perspective, it's important to have an evening routine that is about, um, that's about that. Like, what do you need the next morning? Mm-hmm. So whatever you can prepare, at least for me, it's like whatever I can prepare the night before I'm gonna do that. And when I can't get everything prepared that I want to, I have things that I know make a huge difference to me. Like getting the coffee machine set up. Yep. Like if my, I set my coffee machine up the night before it's not a timer one. Um, but I just, you know, I put the coffee in there, I put the water in there. So I just have to push the button because I know that if things go haywire in the morning, like the baby doesn't sleep through the night or my toddler decides to flip out of his crib, he just started doing that. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. It's so much. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I can I push that button and the coffee will appear. And it's like it's it's home for me. It's It's amazing
0: how much harder it is to scoop grounds and pour water at 530 in the morning than it is like the night before. It just feels like the hardest thing in the world. And I'm I'm relatively a morning person. But yes, we we always set our coffee the night before. So I love that. Yeah, me too. Like it just feels like it takes forever to fill the pot with the water. Mm -hmm. I'm like it's running and it's
2: running and it's running. And So I just the night before do the coffee. Um, But it's like, yeah, getting those really important things set up. So and if it's if working out is important and a priority, you just pull the workout clothes out. Uh, Same with you know, I try and use like more of a capsule type wardrobe because I don't want to waste my brain power on mm-hmm. matching clothes. And I'm also not super fashion, not that you can't be super fashion and have a capsule wardrobe, but, you know, pull out the outfit you're going to wear the night before. They, those kinds of things, I think, help. Whatever you're going to need in the morning that you don't have to do in the morning mm-hmm. is great. And then I think from a wind down perspective, and I do think it's important to wind down, I there there are three things that I really encourage everyone to do in their evening routine. And the first is to... Whatever it is that you need to get done the next morning, write it down. Just mm-hmm. write down the important things that you need to get done the next day um, or the like little tasks and errands, um, write them down. And I think the writing down is really important because it gets it out of your brain. So you don't mm-hmm. wake up in the middle of the night trying to run through your to-do list of all the things that you've yeah. got, you know, that's because that's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, The second is to spend some time with yourself, even if it's 60 seconds, like even if you have to just lock yourself in the bathroom, but spend some time like deep breathing without the phone near you, without your laptop near you. And, um, and just trying to connect with yourself a little bit. I love that. And then the last one is to write down the one thing from the day and you don't have to write it down, write it down, say it, text a friend, like tell your husband. Um, but just emote um one thing from that day that you're grateful for
0: yeah
2: because gratitude for me really helps to bring the joy and if you get and it's a practice like it's not easy but if every night you're saying something or in your prayers like depending on what you believe but like this every night you're saying something that you're grateful for Mm -hmm. um, will help to train your brain to look for the things to be grateful for which like, it's just so easy to look for the negative. Um, Mm -hmm. I I don't know why, but it's the way that it is. So like just doing that, having a little gratitude every night, I think is really important. And in your evening routine.
0: I love that. I love that. So what about mornings then?
2: Yeah. Mornings are my favorite. I'm more of a morning person. Um, but even if you're not, (laughs) you can still have a morning routine. And here's one of the things, like I, again, I like, I'm super type a, like I was, you know, this is, I'm all planners and calendars and mm-hmm. check the boxes and make it happen. And then I had a baby and was like, <laughs> well, you are not adhering to my schedule. Right. I don't understand. So, what I found, and this is one of the things, like one of my best selling courses is actually on um, morning routine. It's called Mama's Morning Makeover. But what I found is like for mamas, like we can't, it's difficult. I'm not going to say we can't, it's difficult to say, oh, I'm going to have the 60 minute morning routine and I'm going to wake up earlier to do it. Like right. I, I can't wake up any earlier than I do if I'm gonna get any sleep, right? Right. And I need sleep to I, I need sleep. Like I just do. Um so the idea for me that my morning routine is like the seven steps that I that I follow in the first 60 to 90 minutes of the day. And if okay. I can get all these things done in 60 to 90 minutes, like the beginning of my day, then I feel good and I call that my morning routine. And you know, each step takes a different amount of time. Like some of the things I can get done in seven, like I could get it all done in seven minutes if I have to. Um, but you know, if I have an hour, then I would do an hour, but like, I don't really have an hour. So usually I'm probably spending 15 to 20 minutes on all this. Um, but again, I call it grace and joy and each letter stands for something. So the G is for, is the G is get hydrated, Mm. which is really about, um, not only having water because like you're, you know, you, you do actually wake up dehydrated. Your body is gone without water and it's good to like get all the juices flowing to have a glass of water. But it's also really about the, um, the conscious choice of doing something for myself. Mm-hmm. So I do try to have that glass of water before anything else happens, because it's also about like, here's me like making this choice to do something for myself versus me waking up. And the first thing I do is something for my kids or mm-hmm. pull out my phone and start right. looking at emails like, right. not. It's like, let's have the conscious choice to do something for Whitney and her body. Um, And then the next step is uh, reconnecting with your body, which, you know, is really about moving intentionally to connect your mind and your body because your mind needs to wake up and your body needs to wake up in the morning. Um, and then the A stands for accepting the moment, which is really about getting present and taking a second or two to breathe. If you have a meditation practice, like meditating, but sometimes for me, it's just like literally setting a, phone, a timer on my phone for two minutes and mm-hmm. breathing in and out and staring at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the C stands for conjure the future, which is really about visualizing what I want. Because if I don't take the time, I find if I don't take the time in the morning to really, truly focus on what I want it never, I'm not able to actually properly manifest it. Right. Um, and then the E is for expressing gratitude. Again, like I think gratitude is so important um, and there's a lot of different ways, right, to do it, um, but expressing some level of gratitude. And then the J, like right, we're moving into joy. The J is just pick one, like pick the most important thing that you need to do that day.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Because there are so many things that come at you every yeah. single day. You know, it's easy to go to bed feeling unaccomplished and frustrated, like you got nothing done. Um, but if you identify what that one most important thing is and then set yourself up to achieve it when you go to bed at night, you're like, OK, well, I did get the most important thing done. Right? Yeah, you know, I found okay. that
0: I found that really helpful when my kids were tiny, like the ages of yours, because we, we don't have a very good sense for how we're going to use our time, because you just don't know if the baby's going to wake up early from a nap like you don't. There's so much that's unpredictable. Um, so making the shortest possible list. Um, and, and I always did it before I opened a computer, before I looked at a phone, like a list of one or two things. And if I did those first, I felt like I had done what I came there to do. And then, and then I could get sucked into a million different rabbit holes. So I love that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And because the rabbit holes happen, right? Like there's just yep. a lot. <laughs> yeah. A lot that comes at you every day. Um, and then the O stands for own your mama. And it's just the idea of committing to one thing you're going to do for your kids. Cause I I feel like, you know, there's just, again, there's so much that comes at us and work can pull us in different ways and life can pull us in different ways. But at the end of the day, to go to bed, feeling great, you want to, you go to bed as a mama, like, you know, that you have had to have a good interaction with your kids. Like you're Mm -hmm. committed to being their mother and you want that to be amazing. Mm -hmm. So just commit like every morning, commit to one thing you're going to do for your kids. Um, and then the last, the why is about yielding potential, right? It's like the idea of just going out and being the woman that you're meant to be um and saying that to yourself. So that's like that's my morning routine. It's as you can see, much more structured. Mm-hmm. Um, although it is destructured because again, like it doesn't it can take as little as seven minutes and I do it over sixty to ninety minutes, but it's a little bit more structured than the evening routine, which is more like what do I need to do tonight to set myself up so that I can get through all these things in the morning. Right.
0: So let me ask you a question then about this morning routine, because so much of it is either mindset or, um, it's not like pour the water in the coffee pot. It doesn't have a physical action necessarily. Some of them do. Um, do you use like a journal or a planner to write some of these things down? Are you just taking the quiet time to kind of set the intention in your mind? Are you speaking it out loud? Does it kind of just depend on the day or your personality? yeah, a hundred percent it depends on the day and the personality
2: I have. So I use a journal. Well, I don't have like a journal journal. Like I'm not a journal writer. I have an agenda, like a paper planner. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that can go into the paper planner. Sometimes I just write stuff on post-its, especially actually if I'm having a crappy day, the stuff that I'm grateful for, I write it on a post-it and then I put that post-it in my bag or stick it on my computer screen just to help remind me Mm -hmm. that there are good things in life and that there are things that I can feel grateful for um, on the worst days. Mm -hmm. Um, The post-it is like where it goes. And and then I I think for each individual mama, you just figure out what works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people really love journals. Uh, I I'm not great at that, but I do like planners, right? I have Mm -hmm. my planner with my daily schedule and I make space in there to write the things that need to be written.
0: I love that. I love that. Well, I want to talk about time blocking just a little bit. And I, and we should say that we're going to send everybody to your website and your courses and your resources. So we're purposefully kind of just going over the basics here. And, um, those who want to follow up and really dig in, we will link all those resources in the show notes. Um, because I'm sure time blocking is something that, you know, you could teach a whole course on. Um, I was going to tell you that Megan, my co-host, who doesn't identify as a super schedule structure person has done quite a bit with time blocking in the last couple of years. And she's talked about it on this podcast. So I'm very curious to hear what time blocking looks like for you and how you coach moms to use it in their day.
2: Yeah, I love time blocking. So for me, time blocking is it is a way to free myself from the need to have a very detailed schedule. Yeah. Right. In the past, I have um in the past I've really kind of been like, okay, at eight o'clock I'm gonna do this and eight fifteen, I'm gonna do that, and eight twenty, I'm gonna do this. And like it's super detailed. And that is not actually the way, the best way for me to be effective. Um, because there is like one of the things science has proven, every time you switch tasks, there's like an uptime and a downtime yeah. that you need for your brain to switch that task and you lose that over time. So I try to take as many uh, similar activities as possible and put them into specific blocks of time and only work on that thing during that time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when you're in high school and it's like science class is science class and you're doing science. You're not doing math in your science class. You're just doing science. So I try to like break my day out into that. And that's my work day and my like productive, my more, my, sorry, my personal, my personal time. I was going to
0: ask about the the corporate work piece. So you've been able yeah. to make that work, even as I'm sure you have meetings and travel and things that aren't always within your control, but you've still been able to find a time block approach yeah. in your corporate job. That's awesome. Oh
2: yeah. I blocked my calendar and this came, I mean, I feel like as a mother, when I became a mother, I actually became a better worker, but it really came from having my son and I had, cause I nursed, um, mm-hmm. I had to block my calendar to pump. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Hey, this blocking the calendar thing actually, <laughs> it actually works when you work it, yeah. you know, like when you don't let people override and, and move yes. the, and move the time. So I blocked my calendar to pump and I was like, this could be a thing. And so then I started blocking my calendar say, you know what, I'm going to block. These are the two hours that I take on Monday to go through and do all of the one-to-one meetings that I have to do with like my direct reports. I put mm-hmm. them all into one, um, into one block of time. Uh, for emails, like I block off time at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And that's when I respond to emails. I'm not going to say I never like flip through my emails cause I kind of have to by the right. nature of my job, but I'm not responding to anything that's not urgent. And few things are actually truly urgent mm-hmm. until those times where I've blocked off, you know, the 30 minutes or the 90 minutes to do those, to, to, to specifically do email response. Um, I block off time each week, uh, to return calls, uh, each day actually to return calls, um, I block off time weekly to do the research that I need to do. I block off time weekly to, um, to do some of the outreach that I have to do, like to, my, to the teams that report into me, mm-hmm. um, which is not exactly the same as a one-on-one, but I just, I have like my calendar essentially pre-blocked. And then I have time that's available for meetings, like for the mm-hmm. blocked for the random meetings. And right. um, sometimes I'm not saying I never have to move things around, but I try my best to not move things yeah. around so that I can get into that flow. And then when it comes to the savvy working mom, same thing. Like I have certain days of the week blocked out for different tasks related to growing that business and certain days of the week um, with time blocked out for uh, meeting with other moms, Mm -hmm. for coaching moms, for being on a podcast, things like that. Right. We have, I just block all the time that I can. And I have a very, very strict block from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. where I'm with my kids. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the time to be with my kids. And like my two and a half year old, he's starting to like. Realize the concept of time, Mm -hmm. and I find myself actually parroting him, which is kind of hilarious. But um, you know, he's oh, you know, he'll say like, "Oh, it's too early for this," or "It's not time for this." (laughs) And then I I say to myself now, I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's not time to do email, Whitney. It's not time to look at your phone, Whitney. It's time for it's time for kid time, right? It's time to be present." Like I start talking to myself like he's like he talks, and I'm like, you know, that simplified way of thinking about it is really helping me. It's really well, working for me. Actually,
0: and you'll know this as kids get older and get into preschool and elementary school, kids are super used to this. Like if you've ever like, you know, seen the schedule of like, say a first or second or third grade teacher, it's, I mean, the, the play time is on there. The language arts time is on there. The time for their, it's, it is completely time blocking. So kids actually internalize it really well. And and your son is already at two I love that. I wanted to share something that um, I'll just borrow from Megan because she really is truly an entrepreneur in in spirit as well as in practice. And one of the things she shared about her time block is by blocking things for an entrepreneur, um, say uh, networking, or she didn't call it networking, but like, you know, um, meetings that further the future of her entrepreneurial adventures. Um, She would sometimes come to a point in the week where that time block didn't have anything in it. And that was really informative and instructive on telling her what types of areas needed more focus. Does that make sense? So you can also almost aspirationally time block. um, If your time block says it's time for, um, you know, catching up with long distance relatives and you haven't called your grandma in a couple of weeks, like it almost can help reinforce the behaviors we want to have by putting it on the time block and then you get to it. And if there's no, like for Megan, if there were no networking meetings scheduled in that time block, she knew she needed to be somewhere else in her week. She, her activity needed to go up so that that time block would actually be filled. Does that make sense?
2: Totally. I am vigorously nodding my head. Okay. It, it <laughs> completely makes sense. And I think it also helps you to, um, it helps us to be very conscious and make sure that we're spending the time that we want to spend the time on things like, like calling grandma or right. calling your mother, right? If you block that, here's the time to call my relatives or connect with my siblings if you block that time ahead of time and it's every third week of the month or whatever, every Friday, depending on like how often you want to talk to your siblings, then you know, you're going to do it. And that's the most important thing is like actually taking the action so that you can, you know, get the result that you want, which is, you know, an ongoing relationship with your family.
0: Yeah. And I, I think, um, it also helps lose the guilt when you're not calling your family the rest of the week, you don't have to feel guilty about it because that time is set aside. So I think it helps for, for that as well.
1: To grow into healthy adults.
0: Okay, Whitney. So, all of our regular listeners are well aware that one of the kind of fun parts of Megan and my relationship is that we have very different personalities. We have a lot in common, we like a lot of the same things. Um, We do have stuff in common, but our the way we're hardwired personality wise could not be more different. So I'm super structured. Sounds like more like you are. I'm a morning person. I'm type a, I'm structured. I like lists. I like calendars. I can on the, on the downside. I can sometimes be resistant to change or risk averse. I'm less likely to just like take a crazy creative idea and run with it. Um, Megan is a free spirit. She's super creative. Her productivity comes more in bursts. And she would tell you like, she can go crazy productive for like, two weeks, but she also has no problem just taking her foot off the gas and kind of indulging in more rest or more play, more um, just having those bigger swings. So the reason I lay all this out is I'm so curious about the women who come to you for coaching and the successful corporate working moms that you work with, because I know that they don't all have the same personality and there are ways to be successful and fulfilled with all different personality types. So how does that work when they come to you and, and how do you kind of help people, um, accept or embrace just the way that they're hardwired, but at the same time, help them find structures and systems that work. So like for Megan, it wouldn't work to just give her like a super to-do list oriented system for organization. Cause it doesn't fit her personality. So how does that, how does that come out in your coaching?
2: Yeah. So it's, a, I mean, in the coaching as well as in the digital courses I create, I really try to meet people where they're at, meet mamas where they're at. So in a former life, I actually owned a gym. I was a trainer and then okay. I, I owned a gym and I work with women on, I've always kind of had this thing of like, I want to move women forward in the world. Um, but I had a gym and what I realized quickly trying to train people was that everybody needs to be, um, everyone learns in a different way. Mm -hmm. So if you just take the idea of like, I'm a trainer and I'm going to teach you how to do a squat. Well, some people I can talk them through it. It's going to be like, bend your knees, push your butt down, Mm -hmm. like push your butt back, put it down, pretend like you're squatting on the toilet. Like I can explain it to them and that's Mm -hmm. how they're going to learn. Other people want to just watch me do a squat with a good form. And then by seeing me do it, they learn to do it. And then there are people out there who you have to physically touch them and help them to move Mm -hmm. into the right position. Right. So like you could see it, you could hear it, or you need that actual physical engagement to make it, to make it work. And I try and take that. It's like a concept that I learned really early on that like everyone learns in a different way is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So I try to create all of my courses and do the coaching to address the various ways that people learn and their different types of schedules. So if you take, for example, like the morning, like I said, that morning routine is one of my better selling courses. And I think part of it is because it reaches so many different, it reaches mamas in so many different ways. Like it's a video course because some people want to watch a video and learn. It's a workbook because the workbook can be helpful. Mm. Um, There are checklists because some people really want to go through a checklist. There are planners um, and there is a journal. Like I said, I don't really, I'm not really a journal person, but I made a journal because the journal, the journaling pages, the really journal pages. Some people really need that journaling, the journaling pages. Um, It's self-paced because some people don't want to do things all at once. At the same time, there is a schedule if you want to follow the schedule because that helps you to be accountable, right? right? So it's kind of like you just, I try to shape everything, find out where somebody is at. And and then from a coaching perspective, like we can literally have the conversation to figure out where you're at. And once I know where you are, then I try and design a system that will work for you to meet you where you're at. Because at the end of the day, if people don't finish the course or if they don't, finish the coaching by finish the coaching, I mean, like have progressive coaching, Mm -hmm. then like they don't see the change. And I really want people to see the better, the change for the better that they want.
0: Do you find that in the corporate world, some women are frustrated with their productivity and their time management because they're bumping up against systems that were created for, you know, for a different personality type, for men, for people without small children. Like, do you find that Kind of helping people understand how they work best unlocks just its own kind of productivity boost?
2: Yes, 100%. I think, well, there's two things. First, helping people understand that we all work differently and there's nothing wrong with you because you don't work in the same way as someone else is like the first thing. Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of stress, I find that, and guilt that people have because they don't function in the way that maybe their job is telling them that mm-hmm. they should function. Um, and then Yes. Like figuring out what works for them and, and, and moving it forward. Like once I had a mom who she, uh, she was, you know, a corporate mom like me and she was really struggling, like really, really struggling, completely overwhelmed. And it turned out that for her, um, she was really planning her days in a way that was not aligned to how her body works. Mm. She is a night owl. So but she was coming into the office, right? This complete opposite of me because I'm like yeah. early morning kind of person, yeah. but she was a night owl. And so she'd come into the office and try and do her most important tasks first. And normally I'm a complete advocate for that, but her brain didn't really start to turn on till two or three o'clock. Yeah. So we started talking about like, let's update your calendar to put the most important things that you need to do in that three to five or three to 6 PM window where your brain is functioning like at its better than it is at 9am. Right. Yeah. And so just in changing that, she got to be a lot more, um, she started to get more productive. Yeah. Um, I think another one, another really interesting example of that was once I had a mom who in life in general, like with her husband, with her kids and at work, she was not really expressing herself. Like she was, she, she didn't feel, she didn't feel appreciated Mm -hmm. at home or at work which I think a lot of us, yeah happens to a lot of us, but she couldn't express it. And the reason why we kind of got to is that she is better expressing things in writing. Okay. So when it came to saying how she was feeling, it just never came out right.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, sometimes it came out really angry. Sometimes mm-hmm. it just came out not at all. Right. And so it was like, let's figure out how can you express this? And what worked was like, why don't you go write down how you're feeling, write it and read it like a movie script, you know, write it all down and then read it and then kind of practice saying it to people because some, her husband definitely needed to like have conversations and not read things. Um, And so we just went that route, right. Rather than working on the actual communication skills of delivery, it was like, just, it was more like what works for you is writing, write it out. write it out first. Don't try and go have a conversation about something so intense and important to you before you actually take the time to write it out. And that, you know, moved
0: her forward a lot in in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing those specific stories too. Um, okay. So I'm thinking about a lot of our listeners who are listening to this, um, different industries that they work in different stages of their career. And I know a good portion of them are thinking, okay, this is amazing, but I just had a baby, or I just got furloughed from my job, or I'm moving, like Whitney. Um, and we've all we all know there are seasons of life that just aren't going to be very productive. There's are survival seasons, and we're living through a survival year, to be honest, for a lot of families, economically, like mental health wise. So I'm I just kind of want to acknowledge that first. Um, but maybe can you give us some perspective um, for the periods of life that just aren't meant to be productive. Like capital P productivity is not the goal. Survival's the goal. Um, what, what perspective can you share on those seasons of life? I think the first thing is just what you said. It's a season and it's going to pass. Yeah.
2: Like it's not you, this is not forever. It can feel like forever. Oh my gosh. If you just had a baby and the baby's not sleeping and you're if you're nursing and you're only, you're only sleeping 60 minutes at a time, right. <laughs> like it can feel like it's never going to stop or, you know, you, you lose your job. You're right. You lose your job for whatever reason. And you're applying for job after job after job. And there's no bite. It's like, it can feel like it's going to be forever, but know that it is a season. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And
2: you will get through it. And the thing is you will get through it by taking small steps and small action. Like it doesn't have to be productivity with a capital P it's first about getting clear on what you want. I think these times when we're at, like when our backs against the wall and we're most afraid or frustrated or angry, we're also in a lot of ways able to be more honest with ourselves. Mm. And that is a good time to like dig in and say, what do I really want in life? Like mm-hmm. everything is changing, um, or everything is staying the same. And those are really good times to pivot. Um, either cause you can take like, if everything's changing, like one more change is not going to be a big deal. Right. Um, if nothing is changing, then you, you have this massive need for action mm-hmm. and you can start to be very honest with yourself and like, Figure out what you really want. And once you know what you really want, then you set your plan for how to get there and you take small steps and you reward yourself for the small steps of, of getting there and know that one of the biggest steps, one of the most important steps to take is to, um, is to be mentally sound, right. Mm-hmm. To, to feel okay within yourself and a lot of times, you know, we're, I'm using air quotes on this one. We're doing nothing, right. but that nothing isn't actually doing nothing. Yeah. It's taking time to recharge ourselves, to be present, to, to do what we need to do to, to move on. Right. So it's not, you're doing nothing. You're taking a break and like, we yeah. all need a break and taking a break does not mean failing. So, right. um, so I think that that is like, if you're feeling stuck or you're in an unproductive place, like one no, it's it's, it's not going to last forever. Yeah. And two, take the time during when you're in that place to figure out what you really want. Like, what is the big picture? And it's very easy to say, okay, I have to be very tactical and think about like, how am I gonna get this next paycheck? Or how am I going to um, eat? Like, I mean, because <laughs> sometimes you can be in really tough places. And I'm not saying that that's not important. It is, right. but it's also important to say, what is the long-term, like the bigger picture that I want? And what is the tiny thing I can do today to get to get there? And that yeah. tiny thing could be, taking care of yourself mentally like right. just and that's and that is more than okay.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love all of those tips and I I can also see how things like time blocking and evening and morning routines could serve a mom who is in survival mode. You would just have to you would have to right size your expectations for what the time blocks would include, but um I think like you said, we think we're doing nothing and of course we're not. We're doing lots of things. So anytime that you can almost um, take yourself seriously enough to say, I, here is how I want my week to look like, even if my week is in newborn land or if we just moved and the house is in shambles. I think we can still use some of those same philosophies just with way right-sized expectations so that we're not, we're not assuming that we're going to get a ton done, but we still can kind of be the architect of, of the week or the month or the year. So I love that. Um, Well, Whitney, where can everybody find you online and tell us a little more about your courses or where, where somebody might want to get started with you?
2: Sure. I'd say get started with my podcast. I have a podcast called the savvy working mom, and it's a combination of interviews with other moms, uh, sharing their tips, tricks, and hacks to find more time, more joy and stress less. And, um, and then also it is me sharing advice, kind of like we were talking mm-hmm. right now. I keep all of the interviews to 30 minutes or less. So if you listen to it at double speed, you get through it pretty quickly. <laughs> um, and then all of the advice segments are usually around 10 minutes or less because I noticed no folks are busy. Yeah. Um, so you can go check out the Savvy Working Mom podcast. It's a great place to start. You can also find me on Instagram at the Savvy Working Mom. Um, I'm posting there daily. I share, I'll be sharing my move coming up yeah. in the stories for sure. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, life and everything else, but you can find me on Instagram. And then I did, I also, like the courses you can find on my website, I recently um, released this self-care workbook um, that's meant to help busy mamas figure out a routine that works for them, whatever okay. time that they have. It's only $7 like less than a manicure, less than a glass of wine, less (laughs) than lunch, because I really feel like in this crazy, insane time, all mamas need access and the ability to have a plan to take care of themselves. Yeah. I
0: love that. There's just
2: too much going on for us to not be taking care of ourselves. I don't want mamas to burn out. Yes. Because at the end of the day, we- like I said, we are the backbone of society, or maybe I didn't say this yeah. on here, but I say it all the time, like we're the backbone of society. We're raising the next generation. We're contributing to the economy.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, and when we do better as mamas, the entire world gets better yep. and it's tough right now. So I have a course, I can give you a link. I'll give you a direct link to the course. Yeah. Um, if, uh, to the workbook, if anybody is interested in that. Um, and then my blog, uh, my website is the same, the savvy working mom,
1: savvy
2: awesome. working mom everywhere.
0: I love it and we will link all of those things up in the show notes which our regular listeners know are at the momhour.com and so you'll find everything Whitney talked about right there and I think Megan's actually going to be on your show so we will all I I um I don't remember how that got scheduled and so we will make sure to share when Megan goes on your podcast and we'll share that as well. And we'll throw a link in the show notes if it's if it has happened by that point in time. So Yes, I can't wait to talk to her. Yeah, well, Whitney, thank you so much for being here. And man, we packed a lot of great tips into 45 minutes. So we appreciate you. Good luck with your move. And thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
1: So I would love it if Mom our listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N, Francis.substack.com.